Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. Or you can send an offering to Harrison United Church by visiting harrisonunited.com and clicking the donate button or by mail at Harrison United Church, P.O. Box 298, Harrison, Ontario, Canada, N0G1Z0. Thank you so very much and God bless. God is here. We gather in community, love and care are found. Friends, may we feel God's Spirit uniting us in this time of worship. Welcome. My name is McCall Cottrell, and I'm the minister at Grace United Church in Hanover. Welcome to today's worship service for June 13th, 2021. Today we celebrate the 96th anniversary of the United Church of Canada. Happy anniversary to all of us. As you welcome us into your home, we welcome you into ours. While we may not be able to be together in person, many events continue to happen at Grace United Online. For more information about our book club, exercise groups, ukulele groups for children in all ages, and more, please see our weekly email announcements or call the church office. And friends, as we gather in this time of worship, we remember that for thousands of years, Indigenous people have walked upon this land and that their relationship with the land is at the center of their lives and their spirituality. We recognize that we are all treaty people. At Grace United Church, we are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half, and we are gathered in the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. We acknowledge the part the Church has played in an ongoing history of oppression and colonization. We pray that God may ever lead us in healing and building right relationships. Friends, come, let us worship. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. As we center ourselves in this time, let's join together in our call to worship and our opening prayer. With our church family scattered throughout various homes, worshiping via TV, computer, and podcast, we gather to celebrate God's great uniting. With members of other communities of faith who join us today, and all who are worshiping with us, we gather to celebrate God's great uniting. 
with United Church congregations throughout Canada and Bermuda, we gather to celebrate God's great uniting. We gather to celebrate God's power to unite people together as we mark the 96th anniversary of the United Church of Canada. We celebrate God's presence, the one who creates and shapes our denomination and our congregation, the one who draws us together, the one who continues to work in each one of us. Let us join together in prayer. Uniting God, as we gather for worship, help us to celebrate our place within the United Church of Canada. Draw us together and inspire us to, to continue to be an expression of your great love and justice in our community and in our world. Bless our worship and our lives. Amen. Today's mission and service. Good grief. Helping people grieve well. ORA helps people move through grief and loss. Languishing. That's the latest popular word to describe how many of us feel as this pandemic rolls on. Some organizations, like the Canadian Mental Health Association, CMHA, are flagging the potential for a mental health echo pandemic explaining that even after the virus is brought under control, it could be followed by a pandemic of mental health issues. Concerns about the mental health impacts of COVID-19 align with the recent research on the mental health consequences of large-scale traumatic natural environmental disasters. Disasters are frequently accompanied by increases in mental health problems, all of which can persist for prolonged periods, says CMHA in a policy brief. COVID-19 has amplified grief, which for some can contribute to mental health issues. None of us is a stranger to grief these days. Losses are piling up. In income and security, physical contact with loved ones, future plans, rituals like funerals and weddings, going to school in person, losing loved ones to the virus. To quote grief expert David Kessler, this is hitting us and we're grieving. Collectively. We are not used to this kind of collective grief in the air. Blessedly, numerous organizations that your mission and service gifts support provide crucial mental health services, from chaplaincies to shelters to addiction treatment to counseling services. Your support is there. ORA Loss and Living Program, a nonprofit community outreach initiative developed by St. Jean-Vieve United Church in Dollar des Aumont, Quebec, is one organization your gifts support. ORA, named after a Maori word meaning life, helps people move through grief and loss in order to lead full and fulfilling lives. So far, peer support groups hosted by skilled facilitators have been held for family caregivers, refugees, seniors, widows, and churches in transition. We have offered online conversation during the pandemic. Many social workers and students participated to get a handle on coping mechanisms for grief in general and COVID grief in particular, says Judy Coffin, ORA's former program coordinator and ongoing volunteer. ORA 
is currently running an online widow support group, cooking program, and yoga meditation group. Everyone in the world gets hit with loss and grief at some point in life, but most of us are totally unprepared to deal with it. Learning how to acknowledge, recognize, and even embrace, our grief allows us to start rebuilding our lives around our loss, says Coffin. Your gifts through mission and service help transform lives most stressful times. Thank you. Today's scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 34. The parable of the growing seed. He also said, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. The parable of the mustard seed. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. The use of parables. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the word of God. Amen. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. May you hear the words of my mouth and may God bless the meditations of all of our hearts. Do you know what this plant is? My host lifted up a long plant with a bright yellow flower that she had pulled out from beside the fence post. It was back in 2005 and I was on my internship in Lion's Head in Pike Bay up on the Bruce Peninsula. A congregation member was showing me around her farm. She had just finished telling me about caring for the fields, about crop rotation, and the importance of giving the land time to rest. Now, I'm three generations removed from my agricultural ancestors, but I have lived a good portion of my life surrounded by farmland. So when she showed me that bright yellow plant, I knew right away what it was. As a child, I loved driving along country highways and seeing fields painted bright yellow with these crops. So without hesitation, I responded, that's mustard. Now, some of you will be laughing at this non-country boy right now. Thankfully, my host was gracious when she explained that what she was holding was not mustard. She told me about canola. It was a canola plant. She told me about canola, but first she explained about mustard. People do not grow mustard on the Bruce Peninsula, she explained, because it will quickly and stubbornly spread into neighboring fields. In this large cattle area, 
it's not a good crop to grow because cattle do not like mustard plants. So even a few mustard plants can ruin your feed. And during that visit, I learned many things, including the hard and careful work and skill that goes into farming. I learned that the bright yellow fields I loved staring at as a kid were canola fields. And I also learned that the parable of the mustard seed is a strange story. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seeds and goes to sleep. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. As Jesus speaks, the crowd looks on with puzzled faces. Does he realize that farming involves much more work than simply scattering some seeds and waiting? Does Jesus realize that mustard is a small, scraggly, and stubborn weed, not a mighty tree? Israel, in Jesus' time, is an advanced agricultural country with deep roots in farming. The crowd would have known that what Jesus is saying is odd. What makes these parables not only puzzling but outright shocking is that when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, he is talking directly into people's deepest desires and needs. Jesus was born, raised, preached and healed, and was executed in a landscape of oppression, suffering and injustice. People are suffering under Roman occupation that has stripped them of their freedom and burdened them with heavy taxation. The few wealthy and powerful families at the time have manipulated social, economic, and political structures in order to increase their wealth while subjugating the poor majority to cycles of debt, land loss, and indentured servitude. Some people have ascribed to rigorous religious ideas and practices that have resulted in people justifying writing off their neighbors as sinner, impure, possessed, and untouchable, leaving people cast to the margins of society. The majority of people are longing, longing for the promise of their faith, the hope they hear in prophets like Isaiah. God is going to renew all creation. That is what God's kingdom means for these people. The lowly will be uplifted and the powerful cast down, their faith proclaims. Their nation, which has been cut down so many times, will rise again and will be as mighty as the giant cedars of Lebanon, Isaiah proclaims. In this grand renewal, people will finally get things right. They will have mercy, love justice, and walk humbly with God. Weapons of war will be turned into tools of agriculture. The most vulnerable in society will be met with real, life-giving, life-sustaining justice. And a Messiah, a Messiah will come who will usher in this new reality, God's way in the world. Here Jesus is, a wandering preacher from a poor family in a lowly town, surrounded by disciples he gathered from the margins, and he is talking about the kingdom of God. They're long forward, longed for renewal, being like seeds scattered by a pretty neglectful gardener and a foolish farmer planting mustard weeds. Today we are celebrating the 96th anniversary of the United Church of Canada.
96 years ago on June 10th, the Methodist Church, the Congregational Union of Canada, and 70% of the Presbyterian Church of Canada, along with the General Council of Union Churches in Western Canada, joined together to form the United Church of Canada. 96 years ago, people made the bold act of crossing denominational lines and structures to form a new church, a new faith community. Now, there's a lot of history and we could spend the whole service and just glance over the joys and sorrows, successes and mistakes made over these 96 years. Me and the other history lovers among us would probably love it, but I'll let you learn that history on your own. Today, let us simply pause. Pause and remember how church union was a massive and bold undertaking. Let us pause to think of those who came together and formed a new unified identity. Let us pause to remember those who offered their wisdom, skill, and compassion. Let us pause and think of the congregations who made the Union of 1925 and the expanded Union that came later a lived reality in communities throughout this country and in Bermuda. What we celebrate today is a very bold act of faith that declared that God was calling people together, calling people together in order to move to more faithfully love and serve God and care for this world. Scattered seeds and mustard plants. Debbie Thomas says this about Jesus' parables, the ones we hear today. She writes, both of these parables, insofar as they're meant to show us what the kingdom of God looks like, are countercultural to the point of sounding ridiculous. As in, they make no sense. They're big cosmic jokes intended to stretch our imaginations far beyond any place we'd take them on our own. What is the kingdom of God like? Are you sure you want to know? Okay, brace yourself. The kingdom of God is like a sleeping gardener, mysterious soil, an invasive weed, and a nuisance flock of birds. As he so often does, Jesus is teaching with a twinkle in his eye and a mischievous grin. Instead of saying what would be predictable, that the kingdom of God is Instead of saying the kingdom of God is born from the perfectionist and hard work of people, he says it comes from into fruition, whether people are awake or they're sleeping. Jesus plays with the imagery of Isaiah, and instead of saying the kingdom of God is like a mighty forest, like those giant cedars of Lebanon, he says that it is a tiny seed that once planted grows into a scrappy, gnarly weed, a mustard plant that spreads and grows and paints the landscape a whole new color. Jesus repeats time and time again that the kingdom of God is being made known. It's here and it is coming in fullness. Jesus invites people to expand their imagination of what God's great renewing of creation looks like and who it includes. 
The good news is that it includes those who have been oppressed, impoverished, cast aside, made to feel powerless. The good news is that it doesn't rely on perfectionism, great strength, or abundant resources. Jesus invites people to hear the good news of God's unstoppable love that renews all creation. Jesus invites people to see themselves as important and part of the great work of God in this world. Several years ago, David Armour, who at the time was the United Church's Director of Philanthropy, pointed out something about church union that shocked me. He noted this surprising statistic. Membership in the United Church immediately after church union is about the same as it is right now. We are about the same size as the church in 1925. Does that surprise you? He pointed this out to remind us that we often think of the church of the past as a large, building-expanding, overflowing collection-plate church. In reality, they are much more like us, right here and right now. They simply and profoundly responded to God's call to come together and pool their resources, their time, their talent, and their money. They responded to the vision that God works through each one of us and that when we work together, when we work together, we can better do the work of God in this world. We bear witness to this faith in our care for one another and in our church's work, in our community, and in our world. Friends, today we hear the good news in these odd parables. We hear the good news that God is at work renewing creation in love, peace, mercy, and justice. We hear the good news that this grand renewal doesn't rely on our being perfect or our having limitless resources or our being a big, rich, and powerful church. We are simply called. We are called to simply and profoundly give witness in our words and in our actions to the wonderful things that God is already doing. We are called to see how little seeds can bring about great harvests and little plants can change the landscape. Friends like our ancestors of our church, May we feel Christ calling us into community, into sharing our gifts of time, talent, love, and money together, and to be part of the amazing things that God is doing in this world. For the life of God is being made known, and all creation is being renewed in love, peace, justice, and mercy. Amen. Thanks be to God. Friends, let us join together in prayer. God of all creation, found in the diversity and beauty of life, drawing all things together in your great love, we offer our prayers to you today. Prayers for ourselves, for others, and for all creation. We give you thanks, O God, for the gifts of those who came together 96 years ago 
for those who went before them creating the path of church union, for those who continued the work of drawing us together to share your love in our communities, in our country, and in our world. We pray for our moderator, the Right Reverend Richard Bott, our General Secretary, the Reverend Michael Blair, General Council and Regional Council staff, and those who work in congregations. We pray for United Churches across Canada and Bermuda, for the beauty and the blessing of local communities of faith, for the people who make up these churches, and all that they bring to the lives of so many. We give you thanks, O God, for all who share their gifts of time, talent, love, prayer, and money. Bless, we pray, these gifts that we, may, that we share today that support our congregation, our local missions project, and the Mission Service Fund. We pray, O oh God, that we may remember our history with truth and honesty. Help us to remember and celebrate the bold actions, the healing, the connections, the work of peace and justice. Inspire us in these stories and bring us joy in being part of a denomination. And help us to grieve and help us to lament the acts of racism, abuse, discrimination, exclusion, and more that have marked and continue to mark our church and impact the lives of so many. We lament our denomination's part in the residential schools, in policies of exclusion, and promoting and supporting ideologies and theologies of superiority and suppression. We give you thanks, O God, for the work of the Healing Fund, Affirm United, the interfaith work of our church, and other avenues of our denomination and our congregations that are seeking to follow your path of healing, reconciliation, and justice. Bless us, O God, that we may continue to live out of the best part of our tradition and work towards healing. We pray, O God, for all who are affected by the racist attack in London, Ontario this past week. We pray for those who lost loved ones. We pray for those who are traumatized. We pray for the Muslim community in London and throughout Canada. We pray, O oh God, that you may turn our tears of lament into action as we seek to build safe communities where people are welcomed, included, safe and supported. United in your love, O oh God, we offer our prayer for Dr. Ian Era and all who work in public health, all who are helping to research, distribute, and administer vaccinations, all who are tasked with creating public health policy, all who are struggling with this pandemic. We pray for all who are in hospital, awaiting surgery, or living with a difficult diagnosis. We pray for all who are grieving today. And we offer you, O oh God, our individual prayers. We join these prayers with the prayer of all creation, trusting your great love as we join in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen as we conclude this time of worship and continue to live our faith each and every day may god bless us and keep us may the path of christ be our path and the communion of the holy spirit ever draw us into community friends let us go to share god's love in word and in action amen thanks be to god thanks for joining us for worship due to the current covid 19 measures we're not able to gather in person however our communities need your support more than ever and every offering is a blessed gift did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most we'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. Or you can send an offering to Harrison United Church by visiting harrisonunited.com and clicking the donate button or by mail at Harrison United Church, P.O. Box 298, Harrison, Ontario, Canada, N0G1Z0. Thank you so very much and God bless. <music>